Hi, I'm Dee Dee Bass Wilbon. And I'm Dina Bass Williams. And we are the Bass Sisters. Hello, Dina. Good morning. Good morning, Dee Dee. It's good to be back. It is so good to be back. We've had a lot of pound cake. We haven't been doing a lot of policy and pound cake. This is true, but we are back at it with policy and pound cake. We have eaten a lot of pound cake. My husband has eaten a lot of pound cake, too. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, Dina, we're back. We're excited. We're so happy that everyone, all of those of you who are listening to us and watched us, thank you so much for joining us this morning. And make sure that you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, like us, and um, and continue to join us. But Dina, yeah, what are we doing comment, today? Give you know, give us comments, likes, um, what you agree or disagree with about what we're saying. Absolutely, we love that. But Dina, what are we doing today? What are we celebrating today? Today we are celebrating women. We're talking about women, and um, yeah, and so. Uh, there are a lot of things to celebrate as it relates to women's accomplishments. One, I'm going to mention, of course, I know very little about this. Sarah Fuller, I think, is the is the first female kicker. Yes. And I don't know what she's the first female kicker in, but you, you've given me those notes. So <laughs> she is a senior at at Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee, and she is a the soccer goalie for their um, soccer team. But um, just the la- over the last couple of weeks, the last week, she was the place kicker for the Vanderbilt Commodores football team. And that was a first. And she did an amazing job. So congratulations to Sarah Fuller and the Commodores. Great. Now, okay. And so as a kicker, does she have to play in the rest of the game? No, she does not. She actually, um, she, some people say, oh, well, she didn't kick the ball far. And she, I was so happy that she responded to that because she kicked the ball exactly where the coaches needed her to place the ball, hence being a place kicker. Oh, okay. So she's a place kicker. So that's, that denotes some level of accuracy and distance. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, well, congratulations to Sarah Fuller. And of course we, um, we celebrate the huge accomplishment, um, likely to happen this month as Vice President-elect Harris will become the first woman to serve as the Vice President of these United States. That's a huge accomplishment. No secret that we did not vote for her, but but we celebrate that accomplishment nonetheless. Absolutely. That is huge indeed, indeed. Okay, that's a huge accomplishment nonetheless. But um, listen to this um, commentary from one of our favorite press secretaries, um, Dana Perino, who was the press secretary for George Bush. She said this on The Five last week. This is the first, the first, the first, if you think of last week, um, the new DHS secretary will be the first uh, Hispanic Americans, the first, a lot, no, there's nothing wrong with that. And if you think you want to get a quick hit in the media, you know exactly how to do it. Conservative administrations typically don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also as conservative women, you just are like, you know you're not going to get the glowing profile, so you just get your shit done. Right. Oh! <laughs> so first of all, I think that was, that was literally at five o'clock in the afternoon. So Dana Perino, oops, did not mean to drop the, the poop bomb. Absolutely. But, you know, she makes a valid point. We always feel like conservative women are not celebrated in the media, their accomplishments nearly as much as um, women on the left. 
No, that is, that is true, Dean, and I don't know why. Um, I know, like in the last week, um, um, Biden appointing the first. Well, they were saying Biden appointing the first all senior women's communications team, but that was quickly dispelled because that wasn't true. The President Trump actually was the first to do that. You know what I mean? Bear with me a moment. I want to read from the Independent Women's Forum's fact check on the issue. Currently, here this is, here's who is in charge of President Trump's White House press staff. Kaylee McEnany, she is a new mother and she serves as White House press secretary. Alyssa Farah, which I think she just like literally, like in the last Day. few days, just left this position, but she served in some critical roles in the administration for more than three years. And, is, and she was previously the White House communications director. Stephanie Grisham is the spokeswoman and chief of staff with Melania Trump after her stint as White House press secretary. Katie Miller serves as communications director for Vice President Pence. And Kara Brooks serves as communications director for Karen Pence. Wow. So these are the most senior communications officials in charge of representing the White House. And they were preceded by women, including Hope Hicks, Sarah Sanders, Mercedes Schlapp, who all served in high ranking roles in different capacities. Those yeah. are all women, right? Those are all right. female names. And you know what? They did their job with excellence. They, you know, they did what they're supposed to do as, as White House communicators, and they did not um, get celebrated as being, you know, certainly President Trump didn't get celebrated as having a, a White House staff of communicators, the senior staff, as all women. And even recently, like Judd Deere, who is a deputy in the White House comm shop, he went to Twitter to explain that his entire three years as a White House comms official, he has always answered to women. But what the media has done is like, now they've included like these lower level positions to make it as if Biden is the first to ever do it. But Judd Deere is like, I'm not a senior. So don't, right. don't yes, I'm a man, but I'm not a senior in the comms team. My, this, my seniors are all women. And so President Trump, just forget about it. Trump, conservatives, period, we're just, <laughs> we're not going to get the, um, the credit. That's and, just how it goes. And I think, and, and we've had this conversation before, too, just, it's like conservative women, we don't, it's almost like we're just, we're, we're ignored. And we're kind of used to getting, being ignored. And like Dana Perino was saying, we don't focus on, on, on the fact that we're women, we just focus on getting the stuff done, just getting the job done, because that's what we're, that's why we're being a pointer. That's why we're being put in those positions, right? Right. So, and I don't know, maybe we should focus, maybe we should pay attention to the fact that women, conservative women are making these accomplishments, but, but you, to your point, we're more interested in the fact that we are accomplished in doing the job, not that we happen to be women and are doing the job. But right. I don't know. I, I don't know either. I it think does, that, I, like, I mean, it gets frustrating. It gets frustrating. We have friends. There are some amazing conservative women who have, who should and have been and should have been in headlines. Um, some of the milestones of, of, of conservative women in headlines, 
Okay, so Lorna Maylock is the first Black woman to be nominated as a Brigadier General in the United States Marine Corps, right? Right. That's huge. President That Trump, is huge. And this is under Trump's watch, but it's like, boop, boop. Never and, mind. And also the first woman to lead a winning presidential campaign. That is who? Kellyanne Conway? Kellyanne Conway. She never got this, the praise. Never. Not once. And then how can we forget our friend, our sister, Lynn Patton? Right. Lynn leads the largest, she's not the, the first woman to do it, but let's listen to Lynn's story. Listen. So Lynn leads the largest section of public housing in America by representing the New York region, New York, New Jersey. The, lar the largest population of people who live in public housing is under her watch. She has done amazing things. She started off in the Trump family as a secretary. She rose her way to a senior official in the Trump administration, I mean, in the Trump family business. And she is open about having fought substance ab abuse and the Trump family helping her get through that substance abuse. Now, this is an amazing story of rising in the ranks of one of the most powerful companies in America mm -hmm. and now serving in one of the most important regions in America as it relates to public housing. And this story, you cannot tell me that there would not be feature, magazine feature covers if she were if she were a Democrat. Like a woman who's overcome substance abuse, a woman who started off as a secretary, rose her way to senior staff in one of the most powerful companies in America. You cannot tell me that Lynn's story would not be a made-for-TV movie if, if she were, <laughs> you know? You're right. You're absolutely right. It would be everywhere. everywhere. Talked about on radio and television. And let's take, let's, you know, I know you love to talk about Condoleezza Rice and our, I do, you know, and our friend Kay Coles James. They both lead two of the largest, actually Heritage, the Heritage Foundation is the largest think tank in the world. If you add the Hoover Institute that Condoleezza Rice now leads, it is one of the mm -hmm. top 10 think tanks on the planet. And these are black women who happen to be conservatives. They were put in those positions because of their accomplishments, because they have the chops, not because they're black and not because they're women. But I promise you, if they happen to be liberal women, front page stories, all front all page stories. I mean, and there were, and, and that that when they were put in those positions, I think there may have been like an announcement or something. But I'm saying there would not have been, there wasn't the the full blown out celebration as it is when it is someone that is not conservative. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. They did, they, you can go back and see that there were headlines. There was a headline about Kellyanne Conway, but anyone who dares say that it is the same level of glowing praise when conservative women make accomplishments or break glass ceilings versus liberal women, not, not going to happen. Another um, headline from last week that barely made news is that um, Representative Kathy McMorris Rogers from Washington, um, she will become the ranking member of the House Energy and Commerce Committee. That's huge. There's never been a woman in that in that post. It's a it's a big deal. I mean, that is serious. But that is a like, huge huge deal. And it's like boobity boobity boo. Next, nobody pays attention to it. But and 
you know, and she's there because she has the chops to be there, not because she's a woman, but I promise you, and you know it's true, if she were a liberal woman, it would have made headlines. So yes, we're feeling some kind of way because we're conservative <laughs> women and we never get um, credit for our accomplishments or we rarely get credit for our accomplishments. So we're, we are feeling some kind of way, but- um, And all we're saying, and like we say in, in, in everything, just report, be even, be fair about what you report. Give all of the glowing praises, no matter whose side or whatever, when the accomplishments and when they're warranted, give that, give those accolades. And we're just saying that it's just not done when it's a conservative woman. It's not. We dare you to, to say that it is, because it is not. Exactly. So Dina, bottom line is we are a woman-owned business. And of course we celebrate women's accomplishments. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's like nonsense, right? And, and yeah, we want to build all women's accomplishments. Absolutely. All women's accomplishments. And as a mom and as an aunt yourself, it, you know, we want to, we want this to be a world where it is no big deal when a woman leads a fortune 500 or makes an advance, makes an advance in electoral politics. It should just be like, Oh yeah. You know, next. next. But in the great. meantime, when we celebrate these, these accomplishments, we want to celebrate them on the left and the right absolutely always and that's exactly we always say that and so and right now i am excited i'm i'm beyond thrilled to be on the board of two amazing groups dedicated to empowering women um wpln women's public leadership network and smart women smart money and we'll include the links to to both of those those organizations um in the show notes but if you are looking for something, you know, great to, to get involved in this week over at the at WPLN and the Rainey Center, they will host the second of our two women legislator boot camp sessions. Um, the first one was a great success earlier this month, and these sessions basically bring together experts and current female legislators to meet with those newly elected legislators from across the country just to give them some really good information and so that they can hit the ground running, you know, they're locked and loaded and ready to go. And so if you want an invitation to join that, shoot an email, email over to hello at womenspublicleadership.net. Um, so that should be pretty fun. And then also at Smart Women, Smart Money, love, love, love the work that they are doing. This organization um, just reaches out to women of diverse ages and circumstances. Doesn't matter where you are, or what you're doing, um, giving them great necessary information and tools to take control of their financial lives. And the main, and I think, and again, you know, as a, the mom of a 13 year old young lady trying to make sure that she is understanding and financial, responsibility the main lesson with, with this organization is that they it's never too early or too late to learn about your finances Amen. and so ladies you know what i mean do you know i think i mean i think it's just great right absolutely amazing um and so you know like when your money is together your mind and everything else your whole body just <laughs> kind of just truth and maybe it shouldn't be that way maybe we should be <laughs> at peace when it's not but we know that when your money is straight you're straight you're straight. You know what I mean? Like for real, for real. So if you're not getting their magazine, Smart Women, Smart Money, please go to their website and sign up today at smartwomensmartmoney.com. So 
Yeah, yeah just, those are two great organizations. You're on the board of those organizations. We are actually also involved with another wonderful group, the Policy Circle. We are Policy Circle leaders. Yes. We had a great Policy Circle last week on, on free speech. And basically the Policy Circle um, is a group, it's kind of like um, a book club, but based on policy. Dina, that's perfect. That's that's perfect. That's exactly what, what it is. Yeah, and I didn't come up with that. That's that's what they came up with. <laughs> when I saw them, I was like, yeah, I've been trying to explain it to people, and that's exactly what it is. It's like book club, but it's based on policy. And so, women of all political stripes come together, and we basically they have amazing policy briefs. We basically read the policy briefs, and then we discuss. Don't you policy. wish that we had written one of those policy briefs, Dina? Yes, and we can write. You, we can, um, but they they're great policy briefs you know they have amazing people who are who break down complex issues to kind of manageable um easy to understand so you don't have to be like some you know dc capitol hill policy wonk to enjoy them the people who are in our policy circle are from all walks of life we do have chiefs of staff from capitol hill but we also have small business owners we have former educators we have you know retired uh you know and we just have all kinds Everyone. of women and I'm glad that you said that you don't have to be a policy wonk to, to be or to join the policy circle because it's not about knowing all, you know what I mean? It's about right. coming coming in and learning and 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 being, you know, like a sponge and, and getting that information. So that's really good because I know that there have been some people who've been like, Well, I don't know. I'm like, you don't have to. That's we're we're coming together to talk about it. You know right. what I mean? And we don't walk away with all the answers. We just walk no. away with a better understanding of maybe even more questions. Exactly. <laughs> right. So policy circle. So we again celebrate women. We celebrate women's accomplishments. These organizations are nonpartisan organizations. So you don't have to be left or right leaning to take part in our policy circle and the work that Didi does on these um on these organizations, you know, certainly uh, encourages women to just get engaged. So right. celebrate women on the left and the right, but please don't forget chicks on the right. Okay. Um, we're, we're pretty cool. We are pretty cool. And so of course we have Georgia on our mind, encouraging everyone. I don't know who these nutters, oh, I'm sorry. I, I call somebody a nutter. I'm sorry, Didi, that's yeah. a tech people and not policy. That's I don't know right. who, who, I don't understand the, the policy of encouraging people to not vote in the right. Georgia runoffs, but everyone needs to get to the polls and vote. vote. But if you are not a Georgia resident, this, you know, these people who are encouraging people outside of the state to register in the state, and there are a couple of liberal organizations who are doing some very bad things, trying to get people outside of the state to register in the state, that is a no-no but we want all Georgians to vote. This is an important election. We're gonna dig into the difference, differences between the two candidates um, in one of our policy briefs that we will link to our policy and pound cake website and then hopefully have some conversation about it before the January 5th runoff. Final thing. Okay, so at the recording of this podcast, mm -hmm. President-elect Joe Biden has not met with the seven leaders of the major black organizations. Right. But he did, and that's not good because we know how much the black vote um, ensured his victory. Absolutely. Without black voters, he would be 
in wouldn't his, be where he is in Delaware. <laughs> right. Um, let's just be real. So he has not met with the black leaders of the major black organizations, but yesterday he did appoint um, a uh, the de- the Secretary of Defense is going to be um, an African American man. Uh, so we we're we're learning more about him. Excited um, to see who Pre- Vice President Biden is putting on his cabinet. But you know we don't agree with all the picks, but we certainly are interested to learn more about. Um, the gentleman, and I have his name here. That's what I was trying to know. Um, Biden picks retired General Lloyd Austin. So we know that our good friend Leah Daughtry celebrates Lloyd Austin, and we um, are certainly always listening to the wise counsel of Leah. So we are just interested in learning more about him. Uh, but again, we do feel like the vice president does need to extend the courtesy to the president of the major black civil rights organizations. Yeah, that would not be a very good move if he does not do that. So so that's it for today's Policy and Pound Cake. Didi, what else um, do you encourage our loyal listeners to do? To like, follow, and share, and give us your comments, whether you agree with us, and especially those of you who don't agree with us, please share your comments with us. But please um, share this podcast and like and follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we just appreciate you. And we're so glad that you've joined us. And uh, we look forward to connecting with you again soon, right? Right. Take care. See ya. See ya.